Welcome to Gathering Mana. I'm Carter. And I'm Scott. And today we are joined by Derek Gerizano. What's up, Derek? Hey, guys. Good to see y'all. <laughs> man, so glad you're with us. Uh, man, we are, we are in the middle. We are starting this series about kingdom living, what it means to live kingdom life, what it means uh, to have the lordship of Jesus as central to who you are, the citizen of the kingdom of heaven what that means. And, and as we do that, we're looking through the Sermon on the Mount and trying to dig deep into the scripture and, and these, these red words in our Bibles that, that Jesus just lays out what it means uh, to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven on earth uh, as it is in heaven. And uh, so, so as we do that, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go backwards today because the end of the Sermon on the Mount has this big statement that if you don't buy into this, the rest of it is absolutely meaningless. It's just, hey, those are good words. That's a good insight, but it's not what you live your life by. So, so we're going to go there for a second. We're going we're gonna to go to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to start in verse 24. And Jesus, if he's not who he says he is, gives this incredibly audacious statement. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. And that's where he just mic drops and says, crowd, there's my teaching. All right? If you do it, your life's good. If you don't, you're on sinking sand, right? And so, so the question has to come up. What gives Jesus the authority to say these things? Yeah. And do we trust in that authority? What, what, is it, what does it mean to trust in that authority? Yeah, I think in, in continuing to flesh out this idea of authority, so um, Derek's done some great research um, and some, some study over why we can trust Scripture um, inherently why um, it's God-breathed, and he's going to make some good points for us today. Uh, so as as we kind of explore that idea real quick, Derek, just tell us who you are, uh, where you're coming from, what church you're at, all that good stuff. Give us a brief intro, and then start topic, talking about this topic of authority and the nature of Scripture and everything. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you guys already said I'm Derek Gerizano. Uh I graduated from LCU a couple years ago uh, with my undergrad in youth and family ministry. Uh, with that, I've I've just been involved with youth ministry and now um, with with children's ministry as well. I moved recently to Washington State uh, here in Wenatchee, Wenatchee, Washington, and I'm working with a Presbyterian church. Um, and my my passion's Jesus. My passion's uh, getting to know Jesus. Uh, not only, um, not only through my mind, but through my love, um, and just approaching the, the, the Bible, um, with, with just love and intensity. And so, um, that's my commitment. That's my, uh, that, that's 
one of the things that's deepest in my heart, uh, in my heart, um, those are my passions. And so, um, whatever, whatever I've discovered, um, I like to think that I've tried to approach it as non-biasedly as, uh, I possibly can. Um, but most of all, I've approached it with my commitment, um, to love God and honor him, um, and love neighbor. And so, uh, and so, yeah, the authority of, of scriptures is there. Uh, that's, that's the first thing that I'm going to say. Um, it's there. It, it's, it's, uh, kind of revealed in, in many different ways, but it's there. Um, and I, I think it's important that I say before I, I talk about the Bible, not, uh, the Bible being true, I think it's important, uh, to just hear a couple of the arguments of why people say the Bible can't be trusted. Um, it has no authority. Mm. Uh, and, and typically some of those things is, uh, some of the arguments that people will bring up are, Hey, the Bible contradicts itself or, uh, Hey, um, the Bible was put together by white old men, um, which they weren't. Um, but, but okay. Uh, um, or, hey, the Bible gets things wrong about slavery, about women, about justice. Um, or, hey, we can't know what a book 2,000 years ago means for us today. And so there's no way that we can trust the Bible. It has no authority for our lives based on those reasons. But the Bible itself provides so much good evidence for us to trust in it. Um, so a couple of the things that, that I'll just say about... Um, the Bible and why we can trust it, uh, it kind of follows this acronym called MAPS. Uh, and each of those stands for something. So MAPS stands for uh, manuscripts, archaeology, uh, prophecy, and science. In each of these categories, uh, the Bible stacks up way better than any ancient document um, stacks up to be uh, incredibly reliable uh, based on a, a scientific um, approach and a, a, a scientific analysis. Um, it, it's just remarkable how trustworthy the Bible actually is if you um, spend some time researching it and researching uh, the, the things that people say you can't trust about it. Because the Bible each time dispels each of those things, each of those myths, each of those uh, lies that people are, are throwing um, to create this this idea of um, th this this uh, fallacy that somehow the Bible isn't true that it, it can't be trusted that uh, to do so is idiotic or moronic. Um, would you like me to to kind of expand on on those acronyms a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Get after it. All right, all right. So. Uh, the first manuscripts, um, the M in maps stands for manuscripts. Uh, there are over 6,000 Greek uh, New Testament manuscripts, and there are over 19,000 manuscripts in other languages from Syriac to Latin to Aramaic. Um, there's no historical document that confirms that many copies, especially ancient, uh, ancient historical documents. Um, some of these manuscripts are dating within 40 years of the originals, which is just unheard of for ancient documents. Yeah. Um, it's the most authenticated document in the world. Mm. And so um, in terms of, of manuscripts and copies and how many there are out there, uh, we're good. It checks out. Uh, in all of these things, it, it, it's, 
an incredibly rigorous process of how people copied uh, the ancient manuscripts and now we've gotten them. Uh, the, the A in MAPS stands for archaeology. Over 25,000 sites, uh, historical sites have been confirmed in conjunction with scriptural references. Wow. Uh, not only that, over 53 biblical figures have been confirmed through archaeological sites. Um, uh, and these discoveries are from outside of the Bible. Um, so it's not just, oh, we found another piece of the Bible that tells me that, that Noah was real. No, it's a, uh, an extra biblical source that confirms uh, these three, uh, 53 biblical figures. Um, in, in terms of prophecy, uh, that's the P in, in uh, the acronym MAPS. There are over 31,000 verses in the Bible, um, about 80, uh, or about 8,500, uh, thousand of, of those, 8,500 of those uh, scriptures are predictive prophecies um, with about a hundred percent accuracy rating uh, for each of those prophecies. Wow. Um, those prophecies are relaying about the biblical Messiah, uh, the nation of Israel, um, the nation of Israel's uh, deliverance, their freedom, their suffering, their enslavement, different things like that. And each of those prophecies are fulfilled. Um, I think the, the um, most, uh, the most remarkable of the prophecies are, are about how many prophecies are fulfilled in the suffering, in the, the resurrection, in the coming of Jesus, our Messiah. Right. By one guy. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Scott, I think you've done a study before about um, just how implausible uh, the, the mathematical implausibility of, of Jesus fulfilling so many of uh, um, of the prophecies that he does. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I, I didn't do a study. So I I read a book. <laughs> uh, it's actually done by John Brevere. You can pick up the book. It's called Good or God. Um a lot of really great content there, but he goes through some of the stuff that Derek's talking about, but specifically, he uh, links onto some research done by a college professor and his students, and I'm, I'm going to mess up the name, so I'm not even going to try, so just go read the book, uh, but he goes through and basically says, what is the probability of one man fulfilling just like 10 prophecies about that one man. These prophecies were written during different times, eras by different authors. There was no uh, central council that really scribed out this Bible or these prophecies or anything like that. So what, what's the probability of that happening? And he just comes up with like these crazy numbers and quantifies them and gives them some like visual tangibility, like take a silver dollar and it would be this many silver dollars. And then imagine being blindfolded and picking the right one. It's, it's crazy. Like the first probability goes on to talk about um, just with like, again, like 10 prophecies, the silver dollar size uh, would fill up the state of Texas. Here we are, Texans. The state of Texas, which is huge, uh, by like two feet and then imagine you like get in a helicopter, you're blindfolded, and somehow you go over the right spot and happen to dig into the right place and pick out the right coin. It, it's just a crazy improbability. So he's, he goes through some of these. The numbers get astronomical, and he doesn't even get up to like what the 300 plus prophecies um, describing this one man, Jesus. And so he says it really is an impossibility that this, all these prophecies linked to one man, and yet it happened. So if you're looking at for scientific facts or research or math, if you're a math person, that's a good place to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, and I think I think what you just mentioned, um, well, just this subject about Jesus and um, how a lot of his uh, the fulfillment of his prophecies. Uh, that's that's kind of where where this uh, this acronym is getting us back to. Um, the the last portion in it is science. Uh, that's the S in maps. Um, it's that the Bible is not designed to be a scientific document. Uh, but it seems to be pretty self-aware of some scientific realities, uh, mm. such as uh, the earth is a sphere. A sphere. Uh, a lot of people like to think that the Bible promotes a flat earth theory, but it doesn't. Um, I, I think the Bible seems to, to be self-aware. Um, and then the, the hydrologic cycle about springs and currents, uh, you can find that in the book of Job. Um, the existence of germs and bacteria, the circulatory system. Um, but the last of all, I like to add one last thing to uh, that acronym of maps, um, of manuscripts, archaeology, uh, prophecies, and science. And that's uh, an I. Um, and I like to add that because of impact and influence, um, because most people don't believe in the Bible because of evidence. They don't believe it because of, of all the stats that, that have been given to them. Um, they don't believe it because of uh, the mathematical improbability even, um, but they believe it because of the influence that Christ has had in their lives, um, because of the power, um, the effective change that the gospel brings uh, to people's lives um, that Christ has in each of our individual lives. Um, at least that's, that's why I started believing in Christ and trusting that the Bible's true and just um, giving it authority. Um, because Christ came into my life and changed it, uh, revolutionized it. And so, um, so it's, it's Jesus. Jesus is the real fact, the truth that we each need to come to know about um, before we can um, even start to trust in the Bible. Um, it's, it's like, are you going to trust that Jesus is the son of God, um, that he's the savior, that he is uh, completely completely man, uh, completely man and completely God. Um, and to me, I, I can answer those questions affirmatively that I believe that, that I believe Jesus is my savior, that he is God, that he is man. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I think that's, uh, kind of circling back all around. Um, that is what makes the Bible authoritative to me. It's Jesus. It's the personhood of Christ. Um, yeah, on top of all those facts. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, and again, with this series, we're going to continue to talk about leaning upon, stepping fully upon that authority of Scripture. The beauty of the Sermon on the Mount is that it's pretty much all red letters, like straight from the word of God himself. And so when people want to debate on certain other authors like Paul or Peter or some of these other people, okay, um, maybe. But when God in flesh and blood came and spoke for himself, it's kind of harder to to refute. And the Sermon on the Mount, again, it's I think I've, I said it last time, it's, it's Jesus's greatest hits, if you will. Go there, you learn a lot of stuff, kingdom policies, um, and leaning upon that authority of him speaking for himself is going to be so important and such a good starting ground as we continue to flesh out this series. Yeah. <clears throat> so like between those, uh, the impact and influence and the prophecies fulfilled by Jesus, like we see clearly 
clearly this man was not an ordinary man, you know, and, and that's what, that's what these people saw directly after this sermon was over. You, you look back at that in, in chapter seven, how seven chapter seven of Matthew wraps up is that where the red letters stop, it says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teachings because he was teaching them like one who had authority and not like their scribes. You see, Jesus uh, and these scribes that they talk about, these scribes, they knew the word of God. They knew the scriptures, right? But Jesus, as he spoke, his very words coming out of his mouth were scripture, the very words that were coming into existence in those moments where people were, were absorbing them as they, as they were placed on their hearts. That's, that's the word of God being implanted on people. And so they saw, they saw that authority and they had, they had to know that they were either going to be able to stand on that forever or ignore it and sink. And, uh, and that's, man, that's, uh, that's what, that's what we're going to be. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're going back through this sermon uh, to discover, okay, if these are the words that contain authority for humanity, for our lives, what are they? And what kind of impacts can they make in our lives? That's right. And I think real quick, just to, I, I looked this up real quick, literal word app. If you don't have it, it's an awesome tool for for the Bible. I just wanted to look up that word authority and see how it's described, and it just it's perfect. It makes perfect sense. But just to hear it clearly, so we're all on the same page, um, and knowing what we're we're trying to um, get across whenever we talk about this word authority, it means liberty or power to act. I mean, especially in contrast with the scribes, that makes sense. That the scribes had knowledge, but they didn't have the liberty or power to act upon. And so uh, it continues on. It says freedom to exercise the inward force or faculty expressed by authority. So you have, it's a, not only just knowing the right things, but being fully authorized, having access, having uh, mobility, whatever you want to say to enact, put those things into motion. And who better of a person to do that for God's law and God's kingdom and God's policies than God, God, man, Jesus Christ. That's and right. so that's why we can trust. Yeah. Jesus. And and think about that word authority too. It's, it's, it comes from the same word as authorship, right? Mm. Who, who wrote it down? Mm. Like who had the plan and the vision to put all of this into motion? Whose words began the earth? So if we can come to a place where, yeah, we already agree that God created all things. Okay. If we can come to that place and we believe that miracle that God spoke, spoke this world into existence, then he absolutely has the authority to sell us and show us how life should be lived within his within his creation. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Any Sorry. I'm just agreeing. That's, that's good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, no, just, just to comment on something Carter, I think was, was getting at. Um, I think it was Carter uh, is yeah. Once the, once the authority is revealed, the authority of Jesus, um, who he is, the truth, once it's revealed, um, we have we only have two decisions whether to revile it and uh, be it discussed and reject it 
um, or to, to accept it and, mm-hmm. and just be in awe of it um, and be surprised and, and choose to submit our lives to it. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just really just asking that question. Are you willing to trust in Jesus? Mm-hmm. Do you trust in him? Is he who you, who you think he is? Um, trusting in Jesus. That's, that's the real question. Um, we each need to ask ourselves that, uh, whether we do or don't. Um, and then the, uh, the kind of scripture falls in line with that, um, scripture, scripture falls under, uh, Christ's authority of, of whether we're going to trust him or not. Yeah. 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 That's good. And, you know, I think obviously on gathering mana, typically we have a, a quick practical step. Um, last episode, we, we didn't really, but it, being a little bit more abstract during this series, uh, that that's a good place. That's a good question. I think that Derek posed is, will you trust? Um, and so what are the, the practical ways this week, this day that you can say by my actions, I'm going to show that I'm actually going to trust in the authority of the word of God. So does that mean instead of debating scripture or talking back to it, instead you just simply receive it and you own it? Does that mean whenever scripture says, um, do, do not lie, easy, right? Do not lie, that you take that to heart and you say, today, I'm going to strive not not working for, you know, not works righteousness. This isn't a salvation issue, but I am going to seek to live in more perfection with Christ. And if that's the case today, I'm just going to make it my goal. I'm I'm going to try to capture every single thought and make sure not even the slightest of white lies leaks out. I want to be truthful just like my Savior. So there's plenty of ways that maybe you can be creative in coming up with your own quick practical step that has to do with that question, do I really trust Scripture? And I think that's a good place to to start. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great quick practical step. <laughs> Submit to the authority of Jesus. Right. There it is. Man, Derek so good to see you glad things are going well for you up in washington um and man it's thank you so much for joining us today yeah thank you guys thanks thanks for the opportunity really love talking about jesus and talking to you guys (laughs) i love hearing you talk about jesus man (laughs) that blesses my soul i love hearing you talk to me <laughs> All right. So before this gets any weirder, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for joining us, Gathering Mana. And, and as always, remember get outside your tent today. This has been Gathering Mana. For more content like today's episode, like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram or subscribe to our YouTube channel. For content on the go, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting platform. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or drop a comment on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Thanks for joining us. God bless you. And we hope that you'll be mobilized to get outside of your tent today.